0: He said, run across the street, don't look up. And I recall thinking, if he's telling me not to look up, it must be really bad.
1: We star players, were sitting there, they're talking to the media, they're on TV, they're on ESPN, and then we're going and we're trying to split a $5 pizza because nobody had enough money to take care of it. You have not
2: been vaccinated, and you have no proof that you have been infected in the past, whether it's by antibodies or PCR, the benefits of the... Uh, vaccines, in my opinion, outweigh the risk.
3: You're listening to Pod Sui,
2: the week's top stories served a la carte. Subscribe at thegreatvoice.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: President Joe Biden laid out a six-prong approach to fighting COVID-19 and the Delta variant on Thursday. The six prongs are: vaccinating the unvaccinated, further protecting the vaccinated, keeping schools open safely testing and masking, protecting the economic recovery, and improving care for those with COVID-19. He's also calling for a vaccine mandate or weekly testing for all businesses with 100 employees or more. Internal medicine specialist Dr. Tom Rafai gives his professional medical opinion to Kevin Dietz.
2: Unfortunately, it ended up being the most important thing that I heard was a, uh, a lack of an approach that's going to work or even necessarily adherent to the best science Um, we for instance have really solid cleveland clinic israeli data that it is not an issue of vaccinated versus unvaccinated it's an issue of immune and non-immune which you can get immunity from either previous infection uh, or vaccination i have been vaccinated over 95 percent of physicians have been vaccinated but those in the healthcare uh, workforce some of which will sacrifice their lives and risk their lives uh, to earn their immunity by uh, getting infected and being pushed to be vaccinated and taking the risk of doing so revving up their immune system doing something we certainly do with chickenpox and if you've had chickenpox you're immune if or if you haven't you get the shot here we're overlaying it and potentially even squandering resources that other parts of the world frankly could use rather than uh, uh, using them in a less than ideal way on people who've already had infection or even arguably boosters when we already see great protection against severe infection and death in those that have received uh, vaccination. Uh, So I I was really unfortunately disappointed in that and the discussion that seemed to be a shaming uh, episode of people who haven't been vaccinated rather than a discussion that was productive in terms of uh, how we can manage maximizing immunity by respecting those that have been already infected and have proven immunity and allow them to be part of the pool that would be considered immune. For example.
4: Let's talk about those who have not had COVID for a second. Okay. We can come back to that. Mm -hmm. Those with natural immunity, but let's talk about those who have not had COVID and have not been vaccinated. Uh, Doctors have told us that 99% of the people in hospitals uh, have not been vaccinated. Uh, how important is it for those who have not had COVID, uh, to be vaccinated to prevent the spread of this Delta variant? And how serious do you think this spread is? The numbers are double, uh, the, the number of deaths is double from a year ago, and the number of hospital, of, of new cases is four times from a year ago. Uh, I know that's a couple different questions, but uh, let's talk about those who are unvaccinated and never had COVID first.
2: Uh, my personal opinion is, is very important. Uh, I think that, uh, and, and particularly as one gets older and they're in an area that's of high spread, anyone can look at the activity in their area. We have a great monitoring system in Oakland County, for instance. And if you're an unvaccinated and probably at risk, as many Americans have metabolic health issues, and you're in an area in particular that's hot and spreading, and this Delta variant is going to make its way around anyway. Um, I have my thoughts on why Oakland County hasn't been particularly hit as hard because we were hit, slammed so hard in the first wave with, you know, circulating visitors from uh, Italy and China and so forth, Though the east and west coast got more uh, attention. And with, the, you know, 60 percent vaccination plus all of that background, we have pretty reasonable numbers here. But if you have not been vaccinated and you have no proof that you have been infected in the past, whether it's by antibodies or PCR, the benefits of the uh, vaccines, in my opinion, outweigh the risk.
3: And the other question is, are these mandates even legal? Former federal prosecutor Michael Bellotta on Guy Gordon.
5: Well, well, really, legally, the the, the requirement is that the government to pass this regulation just have to prove that it has a substantial uh, governmental interest and surely i think everyone on both sides would agree that it's that preventing the spread okay. of coronavirus right. during an international pandemic is such a compelling
3: even a compelling
5: interest and and i think they only need to show a substantial interest so we it's what we call medium scrutiny under the different levels of scrutiny under the law uh, when these are challenged so I, I think it's i think it's a real uphill battle for those that are going to challenge this.
3: Matt Ishbia, president and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, will pay every Michigan State football and men's basketball player a monthly stipend of $500 in exchange for posting about his company on their social media pages, a move that is now legal under the NCAA's new name, image, and likeness policy. Ishpia played on the 2000 National Championship team as a walk-on, and he appeared on the Mitch Album show.
1: Yeah, you know, when I was at Michigan State, you know, Coach Izzo was always about family, taking care of our Spartan family. And this is an opportunity where we, uh, the rules change, where now name, image, and likeness is something that players can actually take advantage of that and get paid for their success. Because most college athletes, as you guys know, can't have a full-time job while playing college basketball and going to school. You just can't do it. And right. So how do we help take care of the student-athletes? in a positive way. And that's really what the concept was. And we looked at trying to do it for all 900 athletes. It just is more complex than you think because you can't go to 900 individuals. You actually gotta go to each individual. You can't call the university. And so we thought, let's start with taking care of the football players and the basketball players and really make an impact on them and then see where this goes uh, from there.
6: The $500 amount and the fact that it'll be paid per month. Tell us how your experience as a basketball player At college, informed you to make that decision on that amount and what you think a difference that will make for these guys?
1: Well, I think it's going to be a huge difference. I mean, I remember, you know. Seeing, you know finishing up a game and seeing you know Mateen Cleves or Morris Peterson, Jason or Charlie Bell, some of these star players, we're sitting there, they're talking to the media, they're on TV, they're on ESPN, and then we're going and we're trying to split a $5 pizza because nobody had enough money to take care of it. And So what we really said is how do we make an impact so that they can take a girl on a date, they can go to the movies, they can buy a new pair of sh- uh, shoes or, uh, or shorts or whatever it may be. Uh, we just don't have that ability because you don't have any spending cash. And so how do we make an impact and help their college uh, living situation be better, be more on par with normal student normal athlete students at the at the university, and that's what we try to do. And uh, we think it's uh, going to work well. And we love that it was a team thing. It wasn't pay the star quarterback and the star guy more for his name. And like it was a, hey, it was a team thing. One through hundred or 120 on the football team, one through 16 on basketball. Everyone's treated the same. We're all one team, one Spartan family.
6: Now this is for one year only for the time being, correct?
1: No, the concept is that it continues. That it continues going forward. As while they're an athlete at Michigan State University um, on the football or basketball team, they will get it continuously. Obviously, um, there's, you know, that that's that's the plan, and that's how it's structured right now. Is that it will continue each year for them. So the nice part is you're a third string defensive line uh, linebacker. You're 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 taking care. Of. Just you know, focus on football. Focus on school. Do the right thing and good things and you'll be able to get continuously get paid every month and it's not just during the football season it's all 12 months of the season.
6: So, uh, I've been trying while you've been talking to do the math in my head. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> hopeless. I tried. I, I want I want I want Kennedy to know I tried. Uh, but 500 a month for like the school year like 9 months basically or 10 months.
1: It's it's all 12 months. So it's 6,000
6: dollars per for player. Okay, times so $6,000 Six thousand times yep. one hundred and thirty-three is how much?
1: Like eight hundred
3: thousand. Eight hundred thousand dollars.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's out of our league. So why why, would, <laughs> why do we need to do the math?
3: This weekend marks twenty years since the nine eleven terrorist attacks that killed nearly three thousand Americans when members of Al Qaeda crashed airplanes into the World Trade Centers, Pentagon, and a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Economist Patrick Anderson was in the twin towers that day and he tells his harrowing story to guy gordon
0: i mean we felt the first plane hit i mean if you were in if you were in the uh, world trade center tower one two or three you felt it i mean you felt it and maybe you saw it i mean you could you could see down below when i looked out the window uh, you know there were already death and destruction uh so you you know you knew something terrible had happened but as many of the stories of that day of people in the towers uh, reflect, uh, it was c- quite common for there to be an announcement, stay in your room, stay where you are, uh, don't go outside. You know, we, we, we're, uh, you know we're, we're conducting our operations or whatever we're doing. And so, for not only for me, but for, I would say, probably the majority of people in the, in the World Trade Center complex, they didn't really know what was happening until they got outside if they got outside. Uh, And when I look back at some of the uh, television footage, even some of the clips you just played, I mean, people didn't want to believe it, and I understand why they didn't want to believe what was happening. So you have the, uh, I will say, the fog of war. I saw it myself and I was part of it. You didn't really know uh, the the depth of the tragedy. You didn't really know what was happening until you were outside, until the second plane came. And tell me about that moment when the second plane
4: came, because you had, there, you had grabbed uh, what you needed, and you were making your way out of that hotel. And as I recall, you came into contact with a firefighter who had a message for you before you left the building. What did he tell you?
0: Uh, uh, I, remember, I remember, you know, everybody out. I remember a firefighter picking up a woman over her head and running out shouting gangway, just like in the movies, I thought to myself. Uh, and I felt a tap on my shoulders that I felt uh, when I was in the room uh, before I left saying, which I interpreted as, you need to get out right now. And I'm, I'm glad I, I took that message and got out. In the in the lobby that uh, at that time, uh, there was just this throng of people that came from World Trade Center one, World Trade Center two, World Trade Center three, people who were coming up from the the path stations below, all there all trying to escape and it was a, it was a, a maelstrom of humanity, all terrified, nobody quite knowing what was happening, uh, and then basically waiting for your turn to to uh, to run out the doors and try to escape
4: well as, as I recall, there was a, a a gentleman that said to you run as fast as you can, and don't look up.
0: That's right. Uh, Thank you, Guy, for remembering that. He did. He said, run across the street, don't look up. And I recall thinking, if he's telling me not to look up, it must be really bad. And I didn't look up for, I would say, 20 yards. I disciplined myself to just run for 20 yards. Then I looked up. Well, as as
4: I recall, it was because you saw a shadow on the ground.
0: I I heard the plane coming over my head. I think that's what it was. Maybe I saw the shadow too. But, yeah, you're right. He said, run across the street. Don't look up. Uh, And so I ran for 20 yards, and then I heard that second plane. And and what a terrible moment uh, when you saw that second plane, and you thought to yourself, These people are trying to kill everybody. It's not an accident. It is such evil that they're trying to kill us all, as many as they can, and that's just a terrible moment in history. When you saw the, uh, what I would say is the true depravity of of terrorism is let's just try to kill as many people as we want. Um, And when the anniversary comes around, that's one of the reasons we try to remember those that we lost, so that. Mm-hmm. We don't try to. We don't allow people to convert it into some kind of a political agenda or misunderstanding. It wasn't a misunderstanding. Right. It was people trying to kill Americans.
4: Well, and it, I, I know that there was a shower of debris after that second plane hit, and you ran, and you got undercover just in time.
0: Right. Fortunately, there was a garbage truck there, and I was under the garbage truck uh, at the time that the debris came down in. And uh, if you weren't under the garbage truck, or you weren't in safety, then the jet fuel and the debris would have gotten you, as it, as it did some people. And uh, yeah, you're right. I remember being under the garbage truck with a couple of people, and we were praying under the garbage truck. And uh, the garbage truck engine was on. I remember the drive shaft right to my left going around, and which normally would have uh, indicated to me that I shouldn't be under a garbage truck. But at the time, I was quite happy to be under the garbage truck
4: yeah you encountered someone after you were able to get clear of of the the blast zone and the disaster zone tell me about the woman that that, that, that just the stranger that helped you that day
0: yes indeed by um and i i don't think i'm the only person that had this experience if you escaped uh you you felt that just the despair of knowing what had happened because you you know it couldn't be hid from you 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 were there you could see it you could smell it i mean it was it was terrible but i had uh, i had a woman who was a photographer's assistant in stevesant high school just see me and come up and put her arms out and say you need a hug and i stood up and said I'll take that hug, as a matter of fact. I remember saying to myself, I need a lot more than that, but I'll take the hug. And uh, and that blessed woman just basically took care of me for two hours till I could uh, figure out a way to, you know, at least a plan to get back to Michigan and get back in touch with my family. So, yes, I still remember her name is Emily, and uh, she was in that documentary with me. And she's probably not listening to your show, Guy, but some flowers are coming her way. So if you talk
3: to her, <laughs> don't tell her. Paul W. Smith was broadcasting live from Germany for the Frankfurt Auto Show on September 11th.
7: That, of course, is where we were when all hell broke out. And we had no idea what was happening. No one knew what was happening. First, we heard that a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center, a small plane. And we said, whoa, was it cloudy? Was there fog? What happened? And they said, no, it was a beautiful day. Sunny and clear. We thought, that is odd. That's weird. Then another plane crashed into the other tower of the World Trade Center. And we realized these were not small planes. These were massive airliners. And then we knew we were under attack. We didn't know who was attacking, how or why. And then many other things happened in a field in Pennsylvania and at the Pentagon. And that's the story of 9-11 as it's seared into our mind's eye 20 years ago. Uh, as we've paid tribute in the past to 9-11, we do again with the same audio that was captured that day and edited together brilliantly by Brian Morton, our engineer on the show. And we relive those moments right now. Good morning to you. It is Tuesday, September 11th, the 254th day of 2001.
8: There were 111 days left in the year New York City residents are heading to the polls today To choose candidates to replace Mayor Rudolph Giuliani The Democratic primary in New York Remains up in the air Mayoral primaries are also being held today In Southfield, Pontiac, and Dearborn
7: In the WJR Weather Center on a picture-perfect day
2: It is indeed, especially here in the Detroit area Lots of sunshine As a matter of fact, over the entire state They're reporting sunny skies at this time And if you're going to be on the road Don't forget those sunglasses, you'll be needing them
7: WJR Sports, here's Frank Beckman.
1: You won't have Charlie Batch to kick around anymore. He's benched. Batch is benched by Marty Morningwig after one game. And uh, now, now, you have um, Ty Detmer as the uh, new quarterback of the Detroit Lions, the new starting quarterback. Right now, uh, Paul, we... uh, we're going to interrupt our sportscast because of a, a breaking news story out of New York, a major incident at the uh, World Trade Center. We're
8: going to join ABC News for coverage on this breaking story. The huge tower in New York City in lower Manhattan, the World Trade Center, is on fire. Uh, on the upper stories of that building, there is an unconfirmed report that a plane has crashed into one of the twin towers of the World Trade Center. I
2: heard the plane very close to the top of the I looked outside. And I saw a hit, and it exploded immediately.
8: Before the explosion, I noticed a
1: very a sound like something was very low and shrieking across the sky. And then I heard the explosion. I
8: heard this incredibly low noise, and I knew something horrific was about to happen. I will tell you from the size of the gash that the wingtip had to be at least 150 to 200 feet wide. Oh my God, Oh the next building is up! Oh my God! Oh my God! Another plane oh, hit. just flew in. I feel the heat. The explosion is incredible. Oh my God! Another oh plane. My God. As we were watching, I not watch.
1: believe
8: this. Two planes. First one, then another, crashing into each of the twin towers of the 110-story tall World Trade Center in Lower Manhattan. Uh, no official declaration yet, but it would appear to be the work of terrorists of some kind.
5: Uh, today we've had a national tragedy. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country.
9: We now have fire confirmed at the Pentagon. We want to hold our breath here, it just seems to me, for a second, and and and, and, and not get into a mode that the country is under attack, but we now have two attacks on the Twin Trade Tower Center. U.S. buildings, city buildings completely evacuated in New York City.
1: The second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. The entire building has just collapsed as if a demolition team set off. When you see the old demolitions of these old buildings, It folded down on itself and it is my not God. there anymore.
9: The whole side has collapsed? The whole there?
1: building has collapsed.
9: My God. So they seem to have the north problem at the North Tower, uh, Peter. Let's look at the, the north, north Tower, tower. quickly. Seems quickly,
1: quickly. Quickly, quickly.
9: Oh, my God. It's hard to put it into words, and maybe one doesn't need to. Both trade towers, where thousands of people work, on this day, Tuesday, have now been attacked and destroyed. There is simply no way to accurately describe the emotion this evokes.
5: The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. Today our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature, and we responded with the best of America with the daring of our rescue workers, with the caring for strangers and neighbors who came to give blood and help in any way they could. The search is underway for those who are behind these evil acts. I've directed the full resources of our intelligence and law enforcement communities to find those responsible and to bring them to justice. Tonight, I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. America has stood down en- enemies before, and we will do so this time. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. God bless America.
7: Make each and every day count. Each day is a gift.
3: And that'll do it for PodSui this week. For full interviews or anything else you might have missed, go to thegreatvoice.com. See you next time.